Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 14 through 20, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, verse 7 through 18, and Canticle 9. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Amen. So my 10-year-old granddaughter, Elia, and I spend a lot of time on FaceTimes together. We do um, talks several times a week. And as many of us have experienced during the pandemic, we just don't get to pee with people we love as often as we might like to. So things like FaceTime have been a really blessing for us. She lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm here. Travel is greatly reduced. So this is our time. And the other day, she called. And she led off with saying, I've started a business. Now, now she's 10 years old. Her parents are not in business. <laughs> and I was really curious. So I said, well, what kind of business? And she said, I'm selling meditation stones. OK. So I said, that sounds really interesting. Um, she goes on to say that she's selling them in sets of four. And I immediately say, I'll buy a set. Don't ask the price, anything. I just said, I'll buy a set. I mean, I love my granddaughter. I, she and I have collected stones her whole life. And so I like stones, yes, and, and meditation. I'm really fascinated that she is into meditation now. So yeah, I am on board. And as we talk, more details emerge. There are sets of four because each stone represents a different element, mountains, water, air, flowers. Um, I asked her where she learned about this. She explained in school that they meditate in school. And so we're kind of off and running. And we set a time a couple days later to do another FaceTime so I can see her stones and I can pick out my four stones. Well, I'm silently thinking of all the business expertise I have to offer Elia. I mean, I spent a good deal of my life at P&G in marketing. So I am thinking about business plans and strategies. <laughs> and you are so right if you are thinking, Joyce, get a grip. I needed someone saying that out loud to me. And fortunately, I kept my thoughts to myself. But you may have also had an experience of getting carried away with somebody else's idea, somebody else's project. Anyway, hold that thought for a moment. Shifting to today's gospel reading, we were introduced to John the Baptist. Um, we were introduced to him last week, and we were told about how he was talking about he had come to urge us to repent so that we might be able to experience forgiveness of sins. And in today's gospel reading, John the Baptist is still front and center. And he's drawn crowds who have come to him to be baptized. And how does he greet these crowds, these people who are eager to see him? He says, you brood of vipers. 
you brood of vipers. Somehow that's a phrase that I always associate with John. And I don't think you all would receive my sermon very well if I started out, you brood of vipers. But that's what John is doing. And, and what he's doing is really challenging the crowds. He's challenging them not to rest on their laurels, not to be arrogant, not to be operating from a place of entitlement, not to count on their ancestry. He's reminding them that everything comes from God, everything rests with God, and judgment rests with God, and that they must bear fruits worthy of repentance. They must bear fruits worthy of repentance. It's not about what they tell themselves about themselves very self-righteously, about their importance or their power or their wealth or their heritage. It's not about them. It's about how they need to repent and turn their lives toward God. And the crowds hearing this message ask, what then should we do? I mean, it's, it's a strong message, and they're saying, what should we do? And when they ask that question, John's tone changes dramatically. It changes from one of, of fire and brimstone to one of actually being instructional. John says to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. To the tax collectors who asked the same question, he says, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. And to the soldiers who ask, he says, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations. Be satisfied with your wages. In other words, John is responding, share what you have. Share what you have with those in need. Be fair in your business dealings. Be honest. Do not misuse your power. And John's guidance is not about some abstract concept or some religious discipline or some complex construct of laws. John's guidance is not about big gestures, the bold dramatic actions. It's guidance for folks in the crowd, for folks from different walks of life, for people like you and me. It's guidance to care for each other, to act with fairness, justice, and honesty in all that we do. It sounds a lot like our baptismal covenant in many ways. John is giving the simplest examples of the actions reflective of our commandments to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. John the Baptist urges us to shift our focus from it all being about us to it's not so important about us. It's not so important that we have stuff. It's what we do with it. It's how we share it. It's not so important that we have power. It's how we handle it. It's how we restrain ourselves, how we act ethically with it. It's important that our stories in our lives are not strictly about our lives but about all the lives around us, our love, our concern, our respect for each other. In our gospel story today, the crowd quickly 
kind of turns to John and begins to focus on him. So is he the Messiah? Is he the one they have been waiting for? And John is very quick to disabuse them of any such notion. He says to them, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John knows he is the messenger and that the story is not about him. So we so readily make ourselves into the lead role and everything else swirls around that role. And it's not that there's anything wrong about caring about ourselves because we need to. We need to be in touch with ourselves and care for ourselves. But we also need to recognize the fulfillment of our call to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Last week, many of you may have heard Phil's sermon, and he led off talking about um, New Year's resolutions and about how much he liked them in the abstract and how he didn't like them to be something concrete. I could relate to that. I love thinking of wonderful New Year's resolutions that will transform my life. But I'm only good to about day three. They're too big to swallow. And one of the things we talked about in, after the banquet service in our discussion was this idea that things don't come down to our grandiose plans. They come down to the small acts of kindness, the small acts of kindness that we, that we do with others day in and day out and how much they can make a profound difference. I was reading a story on the CBS website just yesterday. I was talking about a successful business person who chose to be a secret Santa. And he decided he wanted to give $30,000 in $100 bills away to strangers, strangers that he encountered on the San Carlos Apache tribal lands. He felt an affinity with the spiritual, the spirituality of this group of people, and he also knew that they were in great need. About half of the people in that land live under the poverty level. He got blessing from the medicine man about what he was about to do, and he began giving away these gifts. He recruited other people to give away this, these gifts of money it was, it was just to anyone they encountered. It wasn't about their story. It wasn't about a specific need. It was just giving away resources in an area that he knew was very, very challenged. But what he also said was that this was not about him. He talked about, and this is quoting him, whether you're Native American, African American, Christian American, Left American, Right American, Kindness, kindness is that common language between us all. And the person reporting on the story noted that it was this man's kindness that was so much more appreciated than whatever money he gave out. The people talked to the reporter about it was the kind words he said that had uplifted them. It was the words of encouragement 
It was noticing what a good mother someone was. It was commenting on how bright their spirit shone. It was those words they held in their hearts. Secret Santa gave away much money in a very grand gesture, but he gave away so much more in kindness, kindness from his heart. Those little words, those little acts of kindness with every gift he gave. So John the Baptist is asking us to repent, to make this path of mutual care and concern for each other a way of life. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is a changing of how we live day in and day out. It shifts our focus to mutuality, to rebalancing our lives. So back to my granddaughter's business. In my enthusiasm for her business, I started selling stones on her behalf. I was shameless. Anybody that I happened to encounter, I was saying, my granddaughter's selling meditation stones. Would you like to order a set? And I was feeling like a real agent, a sales agent for, on her behalf. And somehow I had really twisted this business thing that she had into something that was kind of about me. My business acumen, my ability to help her build this business up. So a few days later when she called, I quickly shared my good news. I said, we have more sales. Note this, we have more sales, more orders for stones. And her response was, I'm closed. <laughs> yeah, I said, closed? And she said, um, yes. She said, I'll open again in a few hours, but right now I'm closed. That was a moment of clarity. <laughs> this was Elia's business, not mine. This story was Elia's story, not mine to tell. And there was that profound awareness that, again, she will be my teacher because she has such clear boundaries between work and the rest of her life. And I could use a lesson on that very mightily. <laughs> I had so easily shifted to that place of comfort for myself, that business mentality, that action plan, all of those things. And those patterns can be so deep. We can shift into our comfort zones that are all about us so readily without even stopping and thinking for a minute that we've done it. I hadn't asked her what her business ideas were or even why she was doing it. I have much to learn. In the season of Advent, let us hear the good news of John the Baptist. In his call to us to care for each other with mutual respect, to share what we have, to treat each other honestly and with respect, to make our stories not about us. Not just for this season, but for for every season as a way of life. And let us also hear the good news of the one who is coming, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with cleansing fire. 
and in this season of waiting and anticipation, might we also take moments to step back, to rebalance, to heed the wisdom of a young person and close for a few hours, giving ourselves the gift of holy rest. We are all beloved. Let us live as beloveds and savor together every moment we have. Amen.